There's so much I need to get to today. Trump and Haley in New Hampshire. She is one delusional ass face. My God, is she? She has just become a complete maniac. She sounds stupid. You know, Roger Stone must have told me three times yesterday when he was on how she's not bright. Man, does she sound stupid. What coronation? Yes, it was a coronation before the caucus, before the primary. But when you lose by 30 in Iowa, when you lose by 11 in New Hampshire, and you're down 40 points in South Carolina, that is not a coronation. That's an ass-whooping, stupid. So we'll get to her and my man Trump. George Santos, I spoke to this morning, He's uh, he was in federal court yesterday, and he's looking at 23 felony counts, 22 years in prison. But he's coming on today, so, because I like him. <laughs> I do, I like him. I'm on record saying they never should have gotten rid of him. And now I got to worry that Mozzie Pillipo I like, too. I like her. She was on this show. IDF, Israel, votes as a Republican, all good stuff. Endorsed by guys I really love, Joe Cairo, Peter King. But this is not going to be easy. She could lose. Santos was already there. So George going to join us Coming up at 8.15 this morning, another violent day for the IDF yesterday. You know, talking about the IDF, I am actually dressed for battle today. Most of the time I wear a nice Joseph Abood or Anthony garage sport jacket or even a nice uh, sweater this time of year. Not today. My dear friend Paul DiGiacomo who was actually in charge of the DEA, not Drug Enforcement Agency, the Detectives Endowment, he uh, he sent me a box, I don't know, about a week ago. And it has everything from T-shirts to hats to pins to sweatshirts, you name it. And uh, one of the items he sent me is the DEA sweatshirt in fatigues. So that's what I'm wearing this morning. It looks like I'm ready for battle. I was told, you'll appreciate this, Lewin Gnome, not to wear this. Because I said, oh, that looks pretty cool. I'm going to wear that on the plane. It's a very comfortable shirt. It is very comfortable. I wear it on the plane. It's an 11-hour direct flight to Israel on Saturday night. 11 hours. That's a lot. And uh, I was told not to because... They don't want the, uh, my loved ones don't want the Palestinians. They didn't say Hamas. They don't want the Palestinians to confuse you with an Israeli soldier. And uh, Noam, you kind of scoffed yeah. at that this morning. I don't think anybody's going to confuse you for an Israeli soldier. Well, why soldier. not? I look like a tough guy. You do, but you know the Israeli soldiers are all like 20-something. How old do I look? Well, older than 20-something. Blow me. God, I hate you. <laughs> at least 31. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. Do you like the sweatshirt, though? I love the sweatshirt. It's a great sweatshirt. Oh, thank you. But I do want to get to uh, Charles Osgood. <laughs> you walk down into the subway system with that on. <laughs> I'm doing it today, baby. Okay. Two trains. Okay. Six train from 51st to 42nd. Four or the five from 42nd to Wall Street. 
before the ferry takes me back home. So two different trains today. Man, you need anything, man? What do you got? <laughs> oh, that's a nice shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody thinks the DEA is the drug, so they have no idea. So they're scared of me, you know. That's right. Okay. Have a good day. What was the T-shirt you survived with? Remember you wore some T-shirt into the subway and you survived that ride? I did. The T-shirt I wore... This is unbelievable. You you talk about a set of balls. It was on Global Jihad Friday, literally six days after the attacks on October the 7th, and I wore a shirt that said, New York stands with Israel. Right, right. And I (laughs) I walked through Times Square. I was begging for a fight, begging for one. It never happened. In fact, I told you the story the next day, about 20 people threw their hands up in the air not to fight with me, but to give me a high five. So I uh, keep saying when you see these huge demonstrations, thousands and thousands of these pro-Palestinians, whatever they are, don't be confused, folks. There's a lot more Israel support. The issue is we don't show it enough, and that's a big issue. In fact, I went for lunch with my rabbi who was in studio yesterday, Rebecca Epstein. She said, what are we doing wrong? I said, that. We need to show up in big numbers like they do. But the love and the loyalty and the support is out there, trust me. So every Sunday morning for a very, very long time, I I watch the CBS Sunday morning show. I can't watch Meet the Press, even when my dear friend Chuck Todd was there. It's even worse now, if possible, with Kirsten Welker. I'm never going to watch George Stephanopoulos. I can't stand Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation. So I watch uh, that Sunday morning show, even though it is a very liberal show. And when they do cover politics, they're just as bad as the Sunday news shows. But they do enough stuff outside the politics that keeps me watching. In fact, my favorite moment all week long on television is the end of that show when they show rivers and streams and babbling brooks birds and you know all that greenery it's just it's the most serene tranquil beautiful way to start your sunday morning and end your television show i know you agree with that Noam. yes oh yeah i think jane Polly does a pretty good job she does she does the problem with jane is is she had to follow a legend and that legend was charles osgood bow tie and all he passed away yesterday at the age of 91 i know he had a very rich radio career I believe he spent 46 years on the radio. But I've never, ever, ever heard Charles Osgood on the radio. So I'd be lying if I said, wow, I loved him. you know. Uh, but I did love him on Sunday mornings. I was sad when he left. To your point, yes, Jane Pauley has done a nice job. But to me, that's his show. You know, it's kind of like anybody who replaced Regis Philbin. <laughs> you know, it's Regis's show. Maybe you liked Ryan Seacrest. Not many, but maybe you like Michael Strahan. That was Regis's show. That's it. And that's how I feel about Sunday mornings. But he did pass away yesterday at the age of 91. God rest his soul. And I found out this morning, Noam, that you actually knew him pretty well. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I never really sort of, you know, you're young and dumb. It was one of those moments. I had an office right next what to him. What happens when you become old and you're still dumb? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a problem yeah. for me, too. Yeah. I had an office right next to him at CBS. And I knew who he was, but 
you know, he was an older guy and I was young and you think you're too hip for the, for the room, you know, but, uh, he was great. He would come in and check and see what I was doing on the radio, his passion for radio. He had the Osgood files, which was still airing on CBS for many years. Sweet guy invited me to his Christmas parties. I mean, I'm sorry I didn't keep in touch with him, but he was like one of the last true journalists. I could not tell you necessarily for the most part what his politics were. But I knew that he always wanted to get the story right, which is, you know, sometimes rare. Uh, that is very, very rare these days. You know, they've got on uh, that show, what's his name, the comedian uh, Gaffigan. He was doing stuff. If he's still there, I don't know. And then you had Anthony Mason, not the guy who played for the Knicks, but the guy who was on CBS News. In fact, there was a while there where Anthony was part of that CBS early show with Gail King and the rest of them. And Anthony Mason actually did the very last ever TV interview with Lou's buddy Don Imus. Imus made a big deal about that. And, and Anthony did a very good job, mind you. Pretty lame, the interview. Didn't do much, but... He was always good, though. On his... Anthony Mason? Yes. He's great with music, too. Yeah. Which I know very. you appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Very, very uh, great tone, and he was smart. And, um, yeah, he uh, was really good interviewer with that. It was good. He interviewed Tom Petty, I think, one of the last big interviews that Tom Petty did. Right before he died. Right. And he yeah. did not talk to a lot of people. He didn't no. trust a lot of people. No. But he let uh, Anthony Mason in. Well, listen, uh, best of uh, best wishes to the family of Charles Osgood. Not that they listen or care, but for whatever it's worth, all of us here at Sid and Friends in the Morning especially know him want to send our condolences. That was a good man, 91 years old. God rest his soul. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start tackling the major stories of the day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 